Hello everyone, welcome to the Make It Known with Mal community. You're listening to Make It Known with Mal. I'm super happy that you're joining us. I'm Mallory, a graduate student, Jesus-loving, liberty-loving, world-traveling girly girl with a passion for people. I believe everyone has a unique and interesting story that has a message to help someone else. So have a conversation with me and make yours known. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Make It Known with Mal. I'm your host, Mal. And today is a very special episode. I do want to say the very beginning of the episode, both of us are like a little sick, so you might hear a little bit of coughing. Just ignore that. I took a, um, a throat lozenge coughing. Hopefully, it'll work at least for the next hour or so, however long we'll be talking. Um, so, yeah, without further ado, I'm going to introduce Denise Monroe. She is this amazing woman. Um, she is the women's pastor and spiritual leader of Metamorphic Ministries, a fantastic women's ministry. And this is perfect for this is the month of March, which is Women's Month. And um, the time that you will be hearing this is the day actually after Women's Day. And I just we're going to talk a lot about like being a woman and women's ministries and things like that, because we women are super amazing. We're fantastic and we're so important. And God has given us so many special specific gifts um so yeah we'll just be talking about all that stuff so without further ado here is denise denise tell us a little bit about who you are and yeah well i'm excited to be here first of all and i want to congratulate you on 90 listens in one week that is absolutely amazing thank you i'm just excited for you and i'm excited for the people that this podcast reaches and you know, I just am very blessed to be a part of it. Okay. So a little bit about myself. Well, let's see. We don't have that long. <laughs> um, but um, I am a former teacher, um, and I just received a call from God to step further into ministry um, while I was teaching. Um, ignored it because um, I didn't think he could be talking to me. Teaching, I knew, was one of my gifts, but I had not branched out to look any further in any detail, and God kept talking, and I kept ignoring, and then one day um, he laid me down, literally, so that I would listen. And so um, I've always had a heart for women, being one myself, (laughs) but also also knowing some of the things that I've been through in my life, um, I can remember the the day that God talked to me and said, you know, I really want to call you into women's ministry, and I can remember my answer to him was, but God, I'm five foot ten, I'm built like a linebacker, (laughs) I've been divorced, and I have double-digit feet, what could I offer? And he said, exactly, and... You know, he let me know right then and there that that leading women is about being real. Oh, I love that. And he wanted me to be real, which has not been easy, um, but it has been well worth it. I I will say that. Um, And so Metamorphic Ministry came out and about by some long, long walks and talks with God. And so I can remember that first he gave me the vision of a butterfly, and we argued about the butterfly (laughs) because I never had an attachment to butterflies. 
and he let me go weeks before he really started speaking into me about um, change. And, you know, in Scripture it says, in Christ we are a new creature. And um, the butterfly and the involving of change and what we can be and do through Christ just became clearer and clearer with each passing day. So thus Metamorphic Ministries, the women's ministry for um, encouragement and growth and teaching and helping um, women, regardless of their age or their circumstances, um, blossomed into what it's growing to be now. So I am the one who is blessed to be able to pray for and spiritually lead a great group of women who have the same heart as I do for serving women in the community. So. Yay, that was great. And that was a really good description. Um, so I have a few questions that I was planning to ask you, but um, there was one thing that when you were talking, I did want to talk about really quick. So you were speaking about how God um, spoke to you and told you, or you heard him say you needed to switch careers, you needed to go into this ministry. So for people listening who feel as if God is telling them to move on and to do something different, especially if it's something like ministry specific, because um, that, that's a big calling. What are what's some advice or like what are some things to listen for? What are some things not to do? Um, yeah, so. Wow, those are great questions. Well, the first thing that I will tell you is that whom God calls, He equips. And you know, when I got called into ministry, it's a funny story because. I have always been a high school teacher. I love, I love high school. I love young adults. And that's what I really thought I was going to be called into because it's all that I had ever known. And um, I thought, well, I'm just not, I'm not equipped enough. I don't know enough. So I started taking a few classes and I thought, well, I'll just go ahead and get um, ordained in youth ministry. And... Um, God said, kept saying, no, you're going into women's ministry. And I said, well, the program I'm enrolled in doesn't have women's ministry. And the next day I got an email from the president of where I attend school who said, hey, Denise, we're starting a pilot's program in women's ministry, and we were wondering if you'd like to be a part of it. Well, I guess God told me very clear. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> a couple of the you know advice that I would give is, number one, if, if God calls you, he will equip you. Um, he doesn't always call the most educated. He calls the ones who have the heart. Um, and don't doubt yourself, first of all, because God doesn't doubt you. Um, mm. He's not going to ask you to do something that he doubts you can fulfill. Yeah. And um, if you really do believe that you have a calling on your heart, particularly as a woman, depending on location, denomination, other things, sometimes you hit some hard roads and you hit some brick walls because of attitudes. But the other advice that I would give you is always go back to your father. Always go back to God. He's open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. He never closes. And, and just continue to ask him for confirmation and not be afraid that he will give it to you. Um, but I can tell you that 
that you need to keep an, an ear out and you need to keep your heart open to the spirit and let God lead you and step out of your comfort zone. Fear is a great tool of the enemy. I know he still to this day tries very hard to use it on me. And we all like to be in our comfort zone. We all yeah. like to be in our, our safe circle. For sure. And, the, and there's nothing wrong with that. But you also need to remember in something that the, the Lord reminds me of every day. Regardless of what circle you're stepping in, the Lord's always with you. So it will always be a safe circle. Mm. It may not always be easy. And it may sometimes be very difficult because that's how we grow. But God is never going to put you in harm's way purposely when he asks you to serve him. Now, some of the situations may be dangerous, and there may be you may be caught in the consequences of someone else's ac- actions, but you will never be alone. Um, and and that's, you just have to have the faith to walk out and never be afraid to ask for confirmation. And because I, I still ask for confirmation all the time. Yeah. <laughs> like, are you sure you really want me to do this? <laughs> and, you know, so, um, and then the other thing that I, that I would tell you is, is that God is not an Indian giver. He doesn't bestow a calling on someone and then go, ha ha, taking it back was only kidding. That's not how he plays. And so if you really have a heart to serve and you really do feel that God is leading you into a particular um, type of ministry, seek counsel first from the Word. Go into the Word. Go to your Father to ask for confirmation in the Word. And then it is all right to go and speak with, let's say, a pastor or a spiritual leader to pray and walk alongside you. But never rely on man's confirmation for God's calling. Oh, okay, that's good. Because we all we often want to tell our story or to get confirmation from a friend or a parent or someone that we can get the physical at a boy from or at a girl from in this mm-hmm. case. Mm-hmm. But but we sometimes are asking man to confirm something that has spiritually been delivered from God. And that's kind of second fiddling God saying, you know, I got to go ask a man. I'm not really sure about you. So let me go over here and ask somebody over here. And we can get really caught up in, in seeking man's approval or seeking family approval or seeking confirmation from here when really what the Father is asking for is for you to trust Him. And serving in ministry is all about trust, and if you can't trust the Father, then who can you trust? Mm. He's the one who asked you to do the job to start with. Mm. And so that's that's the, the best advice is always seek confirmation from the Word and from the Father. And lean less, you know, Scripture tells us, lean less onto our own understanding. Well, I also reply that to another friend because you can manipulate a situation to get a friend to tell you a lot of times exactly what you want to hear. That's true. That's very, very true. And that may not be particularly wherever their walk is or how much devotion they're willing to to pray into your life for you. You know, may not be the best path for you to take because remember, we're all human and, and whether we know it or not, consciously we all have an agenda 
Mm-hmm. Um, it, and that doesn't mean it hurtful. You know, a lot of times when we hear phrases like "we all have an agenda" or or some, you know, sometimes a situation has to be manipulated, we automatically think of the negative. And you know, someone's agenda may not always be <laughs> negative, but it is still, um, it is still based on who we are as human and human need. And so, if you can hear my phone beeping, I apologize. <laughs> Oh, the call's coming in, but it can just wait. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I re- I didn't really hear it. Okay, just making sure. <laughs> but that, that's what I would say. You know, it's so much more, but but always go to the Father. He's the best, the best confirmer you'll ever have. That was really good. And honestly, that was very encouraging for me for this particular season in my life, just for some things coming up. That was really good. Um, so my next question is, okay. um, what is the importance of women's ministries? Like, why do we need women's ministries in the first place? Like, what's, what is the, why do we need to build up other women? Because we are women, and we are daughters of God. Now, to me, that is unique and sets us apart from the man. I'm not downing men. Please don't don't think that I am because I'm not. Leadership and or otherwise, I, I, I respect the patriarchal hierarchy of things, and, and I understand that. But I also know that, that women play a key role not only in the world but spiritually in the world too. And we are the, those that have been gifted with caring and loving and bearing children that makes us special and unique. Um, And we have emotions and we have insight that needs to be nurtured among ourselves. You know, the world is really hard, particularly on a woman. Yeah. If If you look at advertising, if you look at television, most of the shifts in the dynamics of dress or weight or or worth or attitude or identity um, is geared to a woman. And um, most of a lot of negativity that comes out of social media are geared at women. Yeah. And we are not strengthening ourselves up to within ourselves or together as a unified like-mindedness to be able to encourage each other in who we are. Um, we look for our identity in so many other places. We, we look for it in fashion. We look for it in a relationship. We look for it in our career. We need our career to be bigger, faster, richer, um, and moving on up. And what really is happening is that we're seeking an identity because we have not discovered where our identity came from originally. Mm. And, you know, and scripture tells us that we need to be about caring for one another and like-mindedness. We need to be building each other up in compassion. Um, you know, Philippians 
um, chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, which is the scripture basis for our ministry, talks about the fact that we are not to do anything to one another except for in joy and comfort and love and like-mindedness and, and not have an agenda and not be doing it for selfish gain. And I think that when women particularly um, are there to lift up and encourage other women, um, we need to be able to have someone of like-mindedness to know and be able to say, you are a daughter of God. It doesn't matter what this one says or this one says. God says you are this. And he is very clear in Scripture what we are and who we are. And we need to, to be more um, in building each other up in our identity inside of who we are in Christ. Yeah, I love that. The identity thing is um, super, super important. I think that a lot of us, especially like, I mean, no matter who you are, any woman struggles with that. But I know, like, my generation, I feel like really, really struggles with that. And, like, probably even more so the young people younger than me that, because I can remember a time before, like, Instagram and social media. But, like, some, there's people on there now who, like, they've known Instagram their entire you know, their entire lives, pretty much. So I'm, like, the identity thing is definitely, like, it's a big issue. And I do think, like, women's ministries and women's programs and conferences and all of these things are very important because um, we need to be talking about these things so we can build each other up because it's so easy to get lost in, like you said, career and, you know, all the stuff on social media. And that was really good. And we, a lot of times we we turn away from like-mindedness. We turn away from a group that, and we sink inside ourselves. And we're we're becoming a generation that we're keeping score with how many likes we have and how many um, loves we have on social media more than, and we're using that to build ourselves up and to determine whether or not we are really liked and cared for is by how many thumbs up or how many hugs we have on our social media pages. And it's almost like keeping score. And that's, that's not what esteem is. That's not what identity is. That's not what God's love is. It's, it's not a matter of, of keeping score. And, and we need to realize that we have to be strong within ourselves and, and we have to be strong for each other. Oh, I love that. The keeping score thing, that's, I'm definitely going to remember that. That's really good. Because you're right, like, we keep score in everything. Our society is also, I mean, we're super into sports. Like, we are a competitive, like, I think I, I want to say in one of my classes we talked about, like, a difference between us and other countries. Like, our country is just naturally competitive. So we find our identity in competition. Like, that's... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, that's and, good. And, you know, we do it sometimes spiritually, too. We do it sometimes. For instance, um, you know, there is there is this feeling that, that God's plans and designs of, of what we consider great magnitude or importance are only for those who are strong spiritual warriors or, 
or have had generations of spiritual leaders before them or, or, or someone that has done something great in order for God to design a great plan for them or to write a great story for them. And that's not how it is at all. That's not the kind of God he is. Right. He's not one that says, oh, well, you had a million likes on your Facebook page, so, hey, I'm going to let you be this person or that person. That, that's not how it is determined, but we get caught up in believing that because that's the way the world thinks, that's the way God thinks, and it isn't true at all. I mean, Scripture is full of um, examples of where um, God chose the lowly or what the world considered the unworthy or um, the forgotten to do great things. And that's how God feels about each one of us. The world is not to measure our greatness. God measures our greatness. And the, the things that he has called us to do or the plans that he has written for us are all great. Every one of them are great. And we need to realize that because we are God's masterpiece, the plans, chapters that he writes in our life are great also regardless of what they entail, because we are great in the eyes of God. We are his greatest people. How can any plan or anything that he designs for us to be? Sorry, I I was getting another call. Say the last part again. I'm, I'm so sorry. I had to end the call. I'm so sorry. It was really okay. good, what you were saying. I don't remember. I don't know where she left off. <laughs> it was, You said design, God has designed us as a masterpiece. Is that what you were saying? Yes. We are God's greatest masterpiece. Yeah. We are his design. So therefore, any plan or any chapter he writes in our story is all great because we are his masterpiece. So how can he write anything less than greatness? <laughs> it ours is not to be compared to hers or his or what the world says is great. And that's where we get caught up and we make our mistake. Yeah. We make our mistake looking at, oh, well, she became the leader of a great um, homeless ministry. Or he has been an evangelist to thousands and thousands. And all I did was teach a Christian school. That's, that's, not, that's not God's measurement. That's man's measurement. And because we are God's masterpiece, how can anything that he creates for us to do be anything less than wonderful, beautiful, or important. Wow, that's good. And how do we get to that point that we recognize, like, in ourselves? Like, what, what should we be doing so that when those thoughts get in our head, we um, know that that's just not, like, uh, whatever God has called us to do is what's important? Like, how, well, yeah. <laughs> well, the first thing that you have to realize is, is that the earth is... The earth is, the world is worldly. <laughs> it's, it's the enemy's domain. So how can you look at a domain that's not being used in a moral, godly way as your measurement? That's mm. the first thing you have to realize. Yeah. Okay, that, that's the first thing. The second thing that I would recommend, particularly for women, is to go and read men too, but for women, go read Psalms 139. There's so much more in Psalms 139 besides the scripture, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. 
granted that is a beautiful verse out of that psalm, but it also talks about how in the, the midst of it all, I can never hide from you. God, I'm the first thing that you think of. And, and no matter what, if I tried to hide in the darkness, you're still there with me. You know, that psalm talks about how wonderfully important we are to God. And when we start realizing how important we are to God, each and every one individually, then we will start learning that, that our measuring stick is, is one designed by the Father, not designed by the world. Ooh, I like that too. The measuring stick is designed by God and not by the world. Exactly. And, and when he is designing your measuring stick, how can you look at anything other than love? The love that he has for you, the love that he wants to do for you. You know, I wasn't kidding when I said, you know, I have double-digit feet and I'm built like a linebacker. <laughs> um, both of my grandfathers were over six feet tall. Um, one of them was built like John Wayne and looked very similar to John Wayne in his later years. I was the very first grandchild, so I got all those genes. So, um, literally. And so I can remember being bullied um, quite often in middle school and in high school. Um, I'm not thin by any stretch of the imagination. I'm um, quite chunky. Right there with you, sister. <laughs> and I can remember horrible bullying most of my whole life. And it took me down some dark roads as I got into um, college life and even into adult life. And, and I pretty much took what I thought I deserved. And I just um, went down some, some dark tunnels without a flashlight. And I can say that looking back, I can tell you and testify to you that though I put myself into some dangerous situations, I can tell you that God never left me. Mm. And, and in my own way, never left him. Because I wouldn't be where I am right now today had I not continually called out to the Father in darkness. Now sometimes I'll look in the mirror and I'll immediately want to recall something, a line that a bully said to me or, or um, some hurtful words that have been said to me in my life. And, and all of a sudden I have to do what we're told to do in Scripture. I have to hold that thought captive and get rid of it. I have to go back to remembering I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I have to go back and remember that God said he knew me before I was placed in my mother's womb. He thought I was important enough to be known before my life began. Right. And Amen. so I have to look in the mirror and quote those things. So anyone who is doubting, may I tell you, find some things in the word that are God's promises. It's full of them. And use your name and say, Denise, God made you fearfully and wonderfully made. Mallory, God knew you before he placed you in the womb, and he whispered great things over you. Um, and claim who you are as a daughter of God, as a daughter of the king. Man, you're royal. 
You have you have royalty all over you, and nothing can take that away from you. Now you can give it away. You can give away your identity in Christ. You can give away your your worth and your value in the eyes of God, but nobody can take it. That was given to you before you were placed in your mother's womb. Joshua one five says so. And and Psalms one thirty nine says so. And if you claim those words, you won't be so apt to give it away. And you won't let anybody take it. You'll fight to keep who you are in your identity in Christ because it makes you strong. It has made me strong, and it took me a long time to get here. Well, that was good. That was, oh, man, this was, yeah, um, man. I told you I could talk, girl. <laughs> no, like, I'm just, this is, honestly, this is why I like talking to you, because you just have some, like, you know so much. I'm definitely going to have you on, like, another time we can talk about something else, but you just have so much wisdom and like you know so much have so much knowledge um yeah so uh the next question is just basically segue you have written a book um what is the name of your book and tell us a little bit about it it's basically kind of sort of what you were just talking about but like you can give a little bit more in depth about it and like what inspired you to write it and stuff like that well my book is called um who holds your pencil who writes your story God's presence in your once upon a time to your eternity ever after. You know, a lot of times when we're down some dark roads, we think to us, the first thing that we think to ourselves is, God, why did you abandon me? God, why did you leave me? Why did you let me get into this mess? And what we are forgetting is, is that God never went anywhere. God never, God never walks away from us. He says, I will never forsake you. I will never leave you. And a lot of times, though, we get so caught up in in what we're doing or in what's going on around us that we forget. Sometimes we drift away. And, and what started the book was, um, to tell you the truth, it was not the book I had planned to write. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently it was the book I was supposed to write because once I succumbed, I am a writer. I love to write. I have been writing most all of my life. Um, in sixth grade, I used to write poetry for our local pastors here in Hampton Roads, and they would use them in the pulpit on Sunday. And, and nice. I, I love, I love words. I just, I think they're amazing things. And we could talk about that for hours. But, um, one day I was, I was writing in my journal and I was, I was <coughs> expressing how it felt, you know, at my age to feel like a failure. I could no longer teach because I had a TIA in the classroom. I had a mini stroke. Oh, and so I wasn't able to teach anymore. And I, I lost my identity because being a teacher was, was what I thought I was and what I thought my calling was. And I was devastated. And it took me a, a long time to, to grasp that I was more than my skill of being a teacher. And I just cried out to the Lord over and over, who am I now? You know, what am I now? I am nothing. And and so I, I actually started um, really delving into to that and doing it from a story point of view. 
And then one day, I clearly heard the Spirit say to me, well, who are you let holding your pencil? Who is writing your book, Denise? Is it, is it me or is it you? And, and if, if I say your time of teaching is over, that that season is over, do you think that I'm just going to forget who you, who you are? And so basically I just started realizing that, that God is present in our life from before we were placed in the womb. He said so. And so I just started thinking and, and going into what, um, what that meant to me. And so the book basically starts at our prequel. We all have a prequel. And that prequel is, I knew you before I placed you in the womb. How important we are that God knew about us before even our parents did. That God knew about us in the cre- before the creation of the world because he enlined the plan of salvation for each and every one of us. So I started thinking about what scriptures were saying from the beginning of our prequel to what does it mean to let go of the past because I've got some dark hurt in my past and was I holding on to it? So then I, I wrote a whole chapter on Psalms 139 on really delving into what, what the Psalm was saying about who we are. It was more than just being fearfully and wonderfully made. And then I move into, you know, you were made for more. Exactly what it is. How do you know what God intends for you to do? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, at some point in time, I was feeling like, oh, my gosh, this sounds like a fairy tale. And then all of a sudden, God said, okay, it's time to hit him with the truth. And so I wrote a whole entire chapter about a ghostwriter, about GW, ghostwriter. That's the person and for the people you allow to take the pencil and write. Okay, and I talk about how we've all had those periods where all of a sudden we have taken our journal and either slammed the door shut because we're too hurt, or we have given somebody else the pencil to write because we just didn't think God's storyline was really good for us at this point in our lives. Well, I actually talk about why we are so willing to let other people speak into our life. And then I brought it back around again about what it means to have the redemptive story to be able to say, I can be forgiven and I can start fresh anew. And then the last chapter really talks about our eternity ever after, what the great blessing is in the salvation of Christ, the atonement, what Christ was willing to do for us so that we can have eternity eternity with the thought, and I bring it all the way back, sorry, I dropped my phone. It's okay. <laughs> I bring it all the way back around, all the way back around to the fact that um, we were important enough in the beginning for Christ to die for us, and now what God wants is, I want you to come home with me. I want you to come full circle and come back and understand that I want you for eternity, that, that that's how much you're worth to me, that I provided my son so that I could have my children back with me. And so it's basically a book about discovering who we are 
and, and, but more importantly, wanting to know about the great stories that God's writing for us. You know, a lot of times I hear women say to me, oh, that was really great, but, you know, I'm 70 now or, or I'm, you know, 80 now, and I just don't see how God can use me anymore. Oh, it, it, it's amazing to me when I look at what God is doing in and through people of all ages and all circumstances who would just yield the pencil back to God and let yeah. him write some chapters in this epic life he's designed for you. And so that's how the book came about. I love what you said about the age um, thing because I... I mean, you know, I'm just 25, so I definitely have some years ahead of me. But, I mean, I'm sure I have listeners or I I definitely know people who are, like, you know, 16 up. And sometimes people feel as if, well, that's that. Like, I did X, Y, and Z all those years. I guess I'll just keep doing it, even though I feel yeah. like I should be doing this. But I, you're right. Like, that God doesn't have a time limit on what your, um, what his plan for you is. That's true. It's man's time limit. Yeah. It, it's man's. It's man's perception of what a person should or should not do, and and you know God has called people into ministry in their seventies. God has opened churches up for people in their fifties. God has called women in their eighties to start serving the homeless through their gifts and talents of blanket making or or um, cooking for hospitality. You know, when we open ourselves up to God and we give him back the pencil, He can. he's the one who tells us how much greatness we have in us and how long he wants that greatness to go forward. And right. a lot of times we yield to the timeline of the world and what the, oh, well, you're 70 and basically might as well hang up your shoes. Um, nowhere in scripture does it tell us the age limit of dreaming. Mm. Now, God says he wants us to dream. Our dreams are God's dreams. If we're walking in his light, he instills in us the dreams that we have. And nowhere does it say, if you haven't dreamt everything and fulfilled everything by the time you're 52, um, you're just going to have to ride it out to you until you get back to your eternal home. Nowhere does it say that. But man makes it feel like that that's exactly what God is doing. That's not God. That's man. Mm-hmm. And and we have to realize, particularly as women, because we have, you know, I'm not trying to be political or, or it, but we have a lot of people who determine what women can and cannot do. And... And we sometimes listen to that. And and we just have to listen harder to God than we're listening to the world. Yeah. And, and we'll realize that, you know, I I didn't get called into ministry until I was in my 50s. Excuse me, into my 50s. And so, you know, I'm 61, and quite frankly, I don't feel in my spirit a day over 25. And I'm just going to claim that I am going to keep moving as long as God allows me to. And that's all anybody should dream for. Um, so it's, I enjoyed writing it. I enjoy talking about it. Um, and 
um, I just really believe that that we need, as women, we need as Christians to go back and grasp our identity and live it. Yes. Not our worldly identity, but our God-given heritage. Yes. I and want to, sorry, to cut you off really quick. Um, before you go to the next thought, I do want to you to talk really quickly about Something you said kind of at the beginning of that last segment, you said um, you talked about people's different, using their different gifts. Uh, Could Mm -hmm. you talk a little bit about um, like how everyone has different gifts and how uh, God will reveal them and I don't know, just speak on that, whatever comes to mind. (laughs) You know, it says in in scripture that, that each of us is given a gift. Everyone is given a gift. Some of us have more, some of us, you know, but everybody is given a gift. And we also have talent, and we have skills, and every one of them are different. And we need to be in tune to what our gift is. You know, some people have the gift of evangelism, which is one of the gifts. Billy Graham, I mean, can anybody deny that that man had the gift of evangelism? Right. Um, and we have those that have the gift of prophecy, and we have those that have, have the gift of healing, where they can pray, and they can heal, and they can actually feel the power of the Spirit moving through them to work for God in the act of healing. We have those that have the gift of, of teaching and leadership and, and administration. There are, there are gifts that the Scripture is very clear on. And you need to be seeking out what your gift is and using it for the glory of God. You know, the purpose of our gift is to build the kingdom. That's the purpose. We need to know God's kingdom and build God's kingdom and use our gifts to do so. And our gifts and talents um, work hand in hand. Um, And we need to take the time to know what they are and how God intends for them to be served and used in the kingdom, um, because that's what we're here for. That's, that's our, our purpose, is to build the kingdom, and to spread the gospel, and to, to use what God has given us and who we are to, to build stronger the kingdom of God. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I think another um, thing I do want to say, uh, and I could be wrong on this, but I, I think um, this is true, that when um, everybody's gifts can be, I think people forget that, like, even the gifts that you have, for example, <coughs> sorry, y'all, um, I think administration and stuff like that, that can also be used, like, um, it can be used like in the world at your job and it can also be used like at your church, like your gifts, um, like, and you can do it at your job as well to the glory of God, as well as do it at your church. Like, and also too, not everybody is called to be like a pastor. That's another thing too. I think people forget, like not everybody's called to be a pastor, but we are called to go out into the world and at least shine our light, like to make, um, Christ known. And that's exactly, you are exactly right. You know, we are supposed to be witnesses 
to God at all times and in all places. And sometimes our gifts can be used to benefit other people. Um, but at the same time, our light is not supposed to be under a bushel. So if we're a great administrator, say we're a big hospital administrator, but we're also a Christian, okay, we still have the responsibility in using that gift to not um, let our love and our light of Christ shine in our gifting. Um, and sometimes we are a great witness in the world using our gift. Um, look at those that have the gift of, of public speaking. And, you know, I can remember John Maxwell, who was an incredible leader. Yes. I can remember studying him in college years ago when he was just coming, you know, on the scene um, with the great leadership gifts that he had. And, and now look at what he is doing, not only for the world in training great leaders, but in his testimony and in his pastoral ship. Um, but he started out in, in the world sharing his leadership skills. Now, you know, God has blossomed that and used it for incredible service for the kingdom. So we do have that opportunity to work it in the world as well as not just in church. And um, because the, the kingdom really is more than just inside our church walls. You know, and so you're you're exactly right. Yay. <laughs> um were you do you remember what you were saying before I asked you about the gifts? No, but it's okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It'll come back around. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, I'll have you on to talk about anything. Because one thing about Denise, like she knows so much, like <laughs> She, that's she's old. <laughs> that's, why, that's why she knows so much. Cause she's old. Well, I mean, I I love it. Like, <laughs> she knows so much about like every topic. Um, so we're gonna wrap it up ish. Um, the next thing is um, as women, what are like just three things that you think we should um. Well, no, first, yeah, three things that we should work on as women and as Christian women, and then three things that we are doing great, like three things that's just so awesome about us women. Let's end on a positive note, like, we okay. are so awesome, but like three things we need to work on first. Three things that we need, okay, first and foremost, the first thing that we need to work on as women is to stop listening to the world. Stop listening to social media. Stop listening to fashion icons. Stop listening to um, to those that we think we're supposed to be like. Um, because we're listening to the wrong source. We need to listen to um, those who are like-minded and strong in Christ, who really know who each other are. In our worth. The second thing that we need to focus on is we need to focus on rest and refreshment. Mm. Ladies, it's okay to say, I got to sit down and have a cup of coffee. Or it's okay to say, I can't do this right now. 
I need to take a nap. Or it's okay to say, I'm going to sit down and look at this magazine for 20 minutes and then I'll get up and start running again. (laughs) We need to learn to rest and refresh ourselves and not feel guilty for it. We're the mother, the cook, the secretary, the teacher, the bottle washer. And sometimes as women, we are more prone to feel guilty when we need to take a, take a five-minute break. So we need to start focusing on, you know, if you go down, who goes down with you? So let's rest and refresh. Mm. And then the third thing that we need to focus on is being us. Be who you are. Be who you want to be. If you want to wear polka-dotted shirts with striped pants, do it. (laughs) If you want to wear your hair purple today and green tomorrow, do it. But if you want to wear flip-flops all year long, even in the wintertime, do it. And the reason I say that is because if you continually try to ignore who you are, you're in, you're ignoring the new, unique qualities that God thought were key to you. He doesn't want everyone to look alike, be alike, dress alike, talk alike. So be you and like being you. So you need to, to focus on who you truly are inside, your authentic self, what, what makes you happy. Mm. So, you know, not it is the world sees happiness, but, but you know, be unique. Um, you know, I, I say all the time that um, I said on my tombstone, I wanted it to say, here lies the true Renaissance woman. She saw it all, learned it all, and wrote about it all until she could no longer hold the pencil. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, I want to be me, and, and I don't want to apologize for it anymore. So now you want me to tell you three things that women are doing great? Yeah, that we're just so amazing. Just like three positive things about us. Three positives, wow, just three, huh? <laughs> yeah, just three for right now. For right now. Um, I think that women, one of the things that we're doing great is we're learning to step outside of our comfort zone and speak up. Mm, yeah. We're learning to speak up. And I don't mean that selfishly. I mean we're learning to speak up for others. We're, we're learning that we have a voice and that it's a good voice, you know, and and I love seeing women speak up righteously for the right causes. Yeah. Um, I, that amazes me. I think another thing that we're doing great is that we are in that we are becoming inclusive regardless of age and circumstances. That we are starting to realize that a 25-year-old can have fun with a 61-year-old over coffee and donuts. <laughs> that, that a 35-year-old and a 47-year-old and a 23-year-old can all go to the movies together and enjoy a movie. That we're not dividing ourselves up in age brackets and, and, and divisions to say, oh, well, 
oh, she wouldn't like that movie because she's too young or she couldn't go on a walk with me because she's too old. I think women are starting to to include each other regardless of age, and I think that's amazing. I love that because, you know, like I said, I may be 61 on the outside, but in the inside I'm still 25. <laughs> and I love I love having having um, wisdom of older people around me like my mom, but I love having the refreshment of somebody like you around me, and I love the fact that we can all get together and have a good time together. So I think women are doing really well in that. Mm-hmm. And um, another thing that I think that they're doing really well, oh, let's see, so many. I think that we are being less afraid. We're being mm. less afraid. We're, we're, st- we're being less afraid to show love. We're being less afraid to show fear. We're being less afraid to show honesty. And those are the kinds of things, you know, we talk about becoming brave. You know, and a lot of times when we say, oh, we've got to be brave, we're usually talking about our own self and walking outside of our own comfort zone. But I'm proud of women for being able to to walk out for others. Um, oh, you're afraid to go, okay, I'll hold your hand and go with you. Oh, you you want to speak out on this? I'll stand, I'll stand by your side. I think that unity and which is, is, is a beautiful thing. And I just, and I think that women are also being less afraid to show their faith, you know, to be, to be bold in their faith and, and to, um, be the hands and feet of Christ. You know, we, we say that the world is, is, we can't find anything good to say anymore. And we're, we're looking at all the negativity, but I'm looking at women who are becoming the hands and feet of Christ, even at a young age. And um, that excites me. You know, I want to be a part of that movement. I think we women are all right. Yeah, me too. I love being a woman. Like, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I think we are amazing. I mean, God has gifted us. I think probably one of the most amazing things for us is that we carry life. Like, I saw a tweet about that, and I'm really, like, ever since I saw someone say, how like, how unique that is, and just, it really went in depth about it. Like, I just can't stop thinking about, like, how special that is. Like, men cannot do that. Like, you know, I don't want to get into the whole, like, I, I can do that another episode. But um, no matter what, like, we women, now, you know, some women are not able to, and, you know, that's, we'll pray with you through that, but... We all have the, like, if you're a woman, you have the capacity. Like, it, um, initially, your initial, um, purpose was to do that. So, I just, I think that's just so amazing. You know like, how amazing God is? That even in those women who cannot physically do it, the emotion and the love and the dedication that comes along with that, He still gives to us as women. Yes, that's very he true. That that emotion, that dedication, that comes from that act of bearing children, and even if we cannot physically bear them, he still gives us that innate ability to 
to love, to adopt, to care, to yeah. reach out, and to and to mother. And I think that's incredibly beautiful. Yeah, it is. It really is. Well, okay, that's great. Um, this has been such a good episode. Like, I'm super glad you did this. Um, thank you so much. You have, I mean, like, you always say just such amazing and insightful things. Um, and I just, I really hope everyone learned something. Hopefully you took a few notes here and there. Um, two things really quick. The first thing is, so Metamorphic Ministries is going to be having some things coming up. Do you want to talk about those really quick? Do you have a calendar out? And just, like, list them. And then I'll also just, for those listening, I'll list these in the show notes. And I'll have, like, a link to the website and, like, a calendar and X, Y, and Z. Um, So you'll be able to do it. But, um, Denise, go ahead and, like, list them out. What's happening? Well, um, two really big things. um, Because we have a lot of little things going on, too. But we are very honored and very blessed to be able to walk in the um, Crisis Pregnancy Center Walk for Life. Um, And we'll be doing that in April. And we are we are just so excited to to be um, joining together as women to show our support for loving both the mother and the child. Yes, and out for both. And and this is a, a first timer for us as a ministry. And we thank you, Mallory, for helping us get involved in that. It's always been in our heart. Um, and motherhood, single motherhood, single women has always been a passion. Um, for the ministry, but we are so we feel so blessed and so honored to be able to to band together as a as a unit and and show that. The other thing that we're doing is in June, which is seems kind of early, but save the date because June nineteenth and twentieth, we're holding our our first annual twenty twenty uh, women's conference, Woo. and um, it's going to be called Who Holds Your Pencil. And we're really going to have some breakout sessions on identity, and we're going to be having some general sessions and some worship, and we're just going to be gathering together in like-mindedness and, and, and learning how to really grasp hold to who we are in Christ, but more importantly, in embracing the wonderful chapters that God has written and is going to continue to write in every single woman's life from now until our eternities ever after. And and we're just really excited to be able to, to get together with women. And um, they're, they're, you can already pre-register. There's a, there's a page on our website. But um, I'm just excited to be with women of, of all ages in both activities. Um, sharing um, who we are and our love for each other and our, our love for the Lord and and just um, being together as, as daughters of God. So I'm excited about those two activities, and um, those are our two big ones coming up for spring and summer. Yay. Um, so specifically for the conference, I really – uh, especially if you really enjoyed this episode or you really feel touched, I would highly encourage you to uh, get a ticket. Um, identity is so important. And, I mean, it's something that we all struggle with. Like like she said, from, I mean, I can remember 
uh, being bullied, like, in the third grade and, like, questioning things about myself. And that's, like, eight years old. And I, now I'm 25 and I'm still, you know, going through different things and different paths. Um, and I think that's, you know, that's so important in thinking about, like, um, God writing your story and how important, like, you, like, your specific story is. So I would highly encourage you to um, sign up for the conference and also for the uh, walk if you are um, interested in doing that. I can leave some information on that if you are in the Tidewater area. Um, and then if you want to donate, I can um, get in, you can just get in contact with me about that as well. Um, so yeah, so the last thing is every guest um, has some time to, if you could make anything known to the whole world, the whole world is listening to you, what do you want made known? Um, you have some time to say whatever it is you want to say? Oh, gee, I could talk a long time, you know that, right? <laughs> so, here's what I want the world to know. If I want you to open your eyes. I want you to take time to look at a sunrise. I want you to take time to look at the leaves budding and the flowers blooming and to listen to the rainfall. Because if you can't do that, if you cannot see the wonderful, beautiful gifts that God's given you every second of every day, how hard it's going to be for you to understand how important you are to God. Mm. And I want you to know how important you are to God. Take it from someone who struggled a long time knowing that. Don't suffer any longer. Get down on your knees and thank God for him loving you. And more importantly, thank him for allowing you to love yourself. Because he says that's a commandment, you know. And I want the world to know that you are worth it. You are worth it to him to make the sun come up every morning. To give you birds to sing. For the waves to crash. For the warm sand between your toes. He did all of that for his glory, but he also did it because he loves you. And that's what I want the world to know. That was really good. That was good. Thank you so much. I really... Thank you for uh, the opportunity. This was so great. Um, uh, thank you so much. So, everyone listening, um, I'll leave all the links to everything we talked about. It'll be in the show notes and on the Facebook page and Instagram and all that jazz. Um, so thanks for listening. I will, uh, well, you will hear me next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to Make It Known with Mal. I would like to continue this conversation on Instagram and Facebook. So make sure you're following Make It Known with Mal on Instagram and you like Make It Known with Mal on Facebook. Also, make sure you subscribe, rate, and comment. You can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Anchor. Also, subscribe to Life is Mal Pal on YouTube. Follow at Life is Mal Pal on Instagram, and you can even follow my jewelry store at Shop the Pink Rose and my travel blog at Wonderlusting and Carpe Diem. If you would like to support, consider becoming a Patreon. The link will be in the description. Also, I have really cute merch, and that link will be in the description as well. Okay, my peeps, have a blessed rest of your day.